Talking industry, topical debate from the world of engineering, automation, and manufacturing. A DFA manufacturing media production. Brought to you by Drives and Controls, the number one engineering magazine for automation, power transmission, and motion control. Visit drivesandcontrols.com. Um, I, I must um, comment on uh, there's there's a couple of questions which you you've answered one of them which uh, which from Tony which says um, have the soaring energy prices resulted in a corresponding increase in and take up of proven energy saving technologies such as variable speed drives well given the savings you've quoted it's um, it'd be pretty sad if they haven't but maybe they haven't as much as they should have been and. Um, you know, look, looking at the energy audit poll, um, well, nobody's had an energy audit. So um, so there's a lot of potential there. So I thought I'd just ask for David's comments on those two things. And also, you know, Schneider's internal um, processes, which I, I know you've you've answered a specific question in the chat about. Um, OK, so just just to to to, to comment on, on what Alan's just said, because Every example he just gave us is answering the one big question in the room, which is we don't need to wait for anything. Mm. All of the technology that we need to be able to meet our cost reduction goals or stave off our resilience concerns we've got about grid capacity or meet our climate ambitions, we've got all of the technology in industry to do what we need to do today. We don't have to wait. For anything to be invented, um, from a from a Schneider standpoint, we've been a bit of a broken record, Andy, for the last twenty five years. When long before it was fashionable, long before the next generation, as you talked about earlier, kind of took up the mantle and the responsibility, we were we were one of the oddballs out there that were banging on about it. So so we've got a bit of a track record on it. Doesn't say that we're perfect, by the way, because we're not, and we openly show you where we are and where we are not perfect um, because we are a, a big machine you know I'm, just from a health and safety standpoint i'm responsible for over four thousand people in just the uk and ireland so when you start to scale that up to the 160 odd thousand employees that schneider have got globally it suddenly becomes a real challenge when even talking about the emissions from our vehicles now we're transitioning to electrification of our of, of our fleet as an example but you don't do that overnight. Um, and anyone that drives an electric vehicle in the UK, Ireland or Scotland will know very well how challenging that can be with the infrastructure in one of the world's most modern and advanced grids, by the way. <laughs> and ours is 60 years old. So that just says it all, doesn't it? So globally, we're not ready for a lot of these challenges. Um, we're trying to take a very pragmatic approach to it. So why sit there waving your arms and wringing your hands saying, I can't do it because, 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 what can you do? And, and reprioritize based on what you can do. And that's kind of the Schneider approach at a very high level. Um, but I, I put the link into anyone that's really interested in the detail. Um, we can talk all day on that topic. And, um, okay. and I'm more than happy to share with you. Thank you. Um, Nikesh, um, there's a couple of things that have come up, which is um, the issue of people's internal um, energy performance um, and also the issue of how many people have taken energy audits. 
Uh, are those questions that you have information about from your association members, or is that something perhaps you could explore for us? So that's, yeah, that's exactly what we're looking at exploring. Um, how many, mm. by getting our members to fill out the current uh, survey that we've launched yesterday, um, that will open our eyes to how many of our members are doing exactly the poll questions that Alan and David have asked. So, you know, how many are aware of where their biggest energy wastage is? How many are currently doing something about it? How many have taken the steps to look at their carbon emissions or know where their leakages are? So these questions will then, like, um, we've created a set of industry averages to compare them against. So then what we can do is we can look at comparing all of our member companies to industry averages and seeing, you know, we, we do like to believe we cover about 85% of the industry um, from our member companies. So that's a fair, fair coverage of what we're looking to expect. So from that data, we'd like to then establish, you know, where, where the gaps in the market are and what we can do, because a lot of the time, what we find amongst our member companies is one member might have a solution to another member's problem. Um, and that's always the key, you know, that's that's what we find as a trade association, which is the beauty of having what you take competitors sitting together when realistically everybody's got the same arterial goal, the same motive, the same reason for why we're doing what we're doing and what industry should be doing. Um, you know, they, they all encompassed under the same, same goals. Um, so it's nice to see from an outside perspective, um, from a trade association's perspective, and then when we get together and discuss and do these sorts of sustainability group meetings, we realize that you know all of these manufacturers have the same goal in mind. Let's get together and create the best way to to tackle these problems. Um, and you know the, the 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 similarities in what David and Alan have been discussing today shows exactly that. So it's it's a really good good way to sing the praise of the industry and keep doing keep doing it and doing it more. Um, because you know if we stop now, you know we fall behind other company under other countries not companies countries um, and we want to create that competitiveness for the uk um, especially now we're we're separate from anybody else that we were previously <laughs> linked to so okay um when when will will information be available from from that source and and how much of it would are you able to share well, i mean we we should we should be sharing them on a regular basis on our social media platforms and we'll be able to release the results of that and we'll be able to share that amongst our membership given given that's okay with those inputting the information um i'd, I'd give it i'd give it a few weeks or so for people to okay to respond so to it's that. imminent yeah so yeah, it should be yeah, it should, should be, be very imminent. relevant to this uh this presentation so so it'd be good to get that information onto our linkedin page for example so that we can share it with the uh, everybody that uh, that that is uh, that follows us which would be good yeah definitely i think one of the some of the questions that are being asked will be quite prevalent here in the sense that how when you said the different sizes of, of businesses some businesses might have easier access to that sort of information than others so others might have to dig a little bit deeper to get the exact information that we're asking from um out of it so it will be interesting to see who you know where where the information comes from and then obviously the accuracy of the data as well is always 
always very important to us. So, yeah, we'll keep keep you posted on how how quickly we can get there. Yes, please, please do. I'm sure everyone will be keen to to hear. Yeah, lovely. Okay, we've got we're moving smoothly into overtime. So, uh, um, uh, there's a couple of um, couple of comments that came in earlier, which I'll I'll report on and ask you to comment on one, and then we'll go into our kind of final um, round robin questions. Um, the first one says, good to see that change and more young people are coming into our industry, which we'd all support, obviously. From my experience before COVID, I was, uh, when I was on the road more, it was difficult to find young age people working with drives. And we seem to feel that's beginning to change. Um, and COVID might have been, uh, I think the term was an inflection point, so that will continue to happen. The, the second comment is is about um, renewables, um, and it says uh, it's from Ivona, and it says every development we work on depends on something that has happened beforehand. Electrification depends on renewable energy, mostly fission, fusion. Who knows? Um, energy which does not require wind and sun. Um, every development requires. Well, I suppose it certainly some do. A decommissioning plan to make sure we do not generate more waste. So, I, th I think what's behind the question is to say, um, if we move towards other forms of energy, are we are we creating a waste problem in certain circumstances? I I don't know if anyone would like to comment on that. Maybe quickly go go um, round. I'll I'll take a stab at that. So yes and no. I think mm. the global supply chain challenges that every manufacturer has faced um, in the last couple of years and continues to face in some industries and some segments um, has forced manufacturers to take a long, hard look at circularity and what it actually means. And I think you will see over the next 10 to 20 years a significant increase in the uptake of reuse and repurposing of equipment. And that doesn't necessarily mean reusing and repurposing in your facility, but maybe it being reused and repurposed for another facility. So certainly at Schneider, we have factories dedicated to the repurposing and reuse of equipment that we manufactured, maybe as long as 20, 30 years ago. Um, so we, we call that EcoFit, but it's basically remanufacturing in its purest form where companies and customers are coming to us asking us to add smart sensoring technology or whatever else it is that they, they require and then repurpose and reuse that on a facility. So I think you're going to see purely because of lead times and the pressures and the need for change so fast, manufacturers aren't going to be able to make everything new and we are not going to be able to consciously throw all of that into the landfill. So I think, I think you're going to see a significant change in the way people approach um, our industry in the future now. Alan? Very much agree. Um, I think the other thing as well, as, as David mentioned earlier, we can't, we can't allow that really important thing to stop us from investing in saving energy and, and reducing our carbon footprint. But we have to be really mindful. And it's great to see, I think, so many responsible manufacturers now taking it so seriously. And investing, as David says, you know, in, in whole factories, for example, to repurpose. So yeah, it's something that's extremely important to be aware of and plan for, and but still to move forward at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Nikesh, I mean, I mean, measuring this is pretty difficult, isn't it? When you're in a circular chain, I mean, exactly what is happening and where is it going and, and, and so on. I mean, that perhaps is something that, you know, you mentioned that you have um, uh, relationships between uh, member companies. I mean, maybe, you know, that you could almost create a circular economy within them in certain cases, perhaps. But um, how do you measure what's happening in those sort of um, circumstances? That is, yeah, that's the that's the idea to bring dig different manufacturers' ideas together. Um, you know, how how do you measure it? Each each individual manufacturer might have a different different idea, um, and that's why we create that forum of where you can get together and discuss it. Um, and we're seeing some promising ideas. Um, you know, that the young group I mentioned earlier, the young council, they are joining together with the sustainability group, which is already existing at Gambuka. So we've got the young group mixing with the older generation to work together on both ideas, um, which is which is really, really nice. And as you mentioned, I think it was a question in the chat about younger generations not being involved in drives. Um, and that's something we also noticed. And it's not just drives, other areas that we're involved with, control gear, switch gear. It's not usually seen as an attractive industry. Um, but that's changing, um, and that's because of these benefits that are becoming prevalent, and people are starting to see the benefits of these technologies and what they can actually do to help industry with, and that's why it's increasing that involvement um, in different areas. So um, it's quite promising. Very okay. Promising. Right. Well, let's let's just finish with uh, with, with a sort of wider curveball type question, and it, it's stimulated by uh, actually Amanda who commented that it has been 18 months since COP26 and has interest been kept in the UK or has it been forgotten? Um, and sort of aligned to that, is it going to be industry which drives, uh, we, we talked about this briefly yesterday, is industry going to be the, the driver of, of net zero and energy efficiency um, or can can we afford to leave it to the politicians you know those people at cop 26 that were difficult to mix with um you know and and how do we make sure that industry has its um has its voice and actually makes things happen so i'm going to kick off with david and then alan and nikesh and that will be our last question so i draw your attention to the previous three industrial revolutions and ask what part did the governments of the day or the education systems of the day play a part in any of those last three industrial revolutions? You've got your answer right there. I'm That'll right do. There. <laughs> Alan. <laughs> I had considered a term, but because this is live and could go out anywhere, I'm, I'm not going to use it <laughs> uh, to, to mention with regards to the governments, but, you know, I think together is the, the real way to try and get it. I'm really hoping that politicians are much more aware now and they're being impacted. You know, we, we've, we see the TV images in, in different parts of the world. When, we, when we're causing climate change in, in any country, that's not just affecting us, that's affecting particularly the people that don't have the financial resources to take some of the steps that we can take. We're so fortunate in the UK. We're so fortunate. And there's so many other less fortunate nations than us and less fortunate individuals. You know, there was, I just saw it in the news this morning, 
in Malawi, they just had those terrible storms. And those, mm. those people, goodness me, that, that's tragic. That's absolutely tragic. And these sorts of events that some can't be can't be helped, but we see the heating, we see the, the, the really, really high temperatures in different parts of the world. We all have to be part of that. And, and I really hope that the, the politicians, those people that can make that policy, are aware of that. Totally agree with David, though. You know, look at what's happened in the previous industrial revolutions. And, you know, I could say greed is, is part of that. You know, why would you want to automate? Because you can make more money and, and that's better. But there's been a lot of responsible industrialists as well in the past. Who have, Andrew Carnegie, for example, um, originally from Dunfermline. I think he was something like the world's second richest person of all time. And, and in my hometown and in many towns, there's Carnegie libraries. You know, the good work that that industrialist did is still with us today. So I think it, it really is a blend. Um, you know, one of the things for me as well is media. So, so I'll put this back to yourselves. So the, the part that media plays in all this, um, I watched the news uh, and news at 10 the other night. The first, I think it was a 30 minute show and more than 10 minutes was talking about Gary Lineker. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. There's more important things to talk about than match of the day. I'm sorry, because that the bank in the States, Silicon Valley Bank, that's in, in that that came after Gary Lineker. That's much more impactful on us. So I think you you guys have got your part to play. Uh, I'm going to blame Nikesh as well, because he's the one that's meant to speak to the government and persuade the government. We've all got such a big part to play. We really do. And, and we need to do it together. I think just get getting on board together and see common purpose um and then we will benefit from it okay <clears throat> excuse me well in in the interest of symmetry nick yes you started so you can finish um how how are you going to uh help us get better information through to politicians and get them to listen absolutely no i think alan's completely correct there it's it's not one source it's got to be everyone all together um you know it's it's all all of us have a part to play um ourselves it can be you know we will we won't give up um we're constantly constantly speaking to government in all different directions i mean the ukca mark was one example of that you know we fought very very hard to get the extension for many of the manufacturers that are member companies and we were granted that um, on more than one occasion and yes while while the, the desired outcome wasn't necessarily achieved in the first place, it's now in a much better position than it was when we first started. So, um, you know, steps like that can be achieved. And, you know, while sometimes trying to get what we want in industry is like trying to draw blood from stone, we'll, we'll still keep trying. Um, you know, there's no, there's no reason why with the help of the media, the help of the younger generations, the help of our manufacturers, why we all together can't do this, the trade associations and at the forefront of that, you know, we will send the message of our manufacturers to the government and that's the best way we can continue to do so. Um, in getting involved in all of these different consultations, I mean, tomorrow will be a big, um, big uh, eye opener for us to see whether or not there is ma major investment um, in the manufacturing sector or not, um, looking at the budget coming out. So, that will be important for all of us and that will be a, a good way for us to then set something set something for the next six months to a year going ahead so hopefully hopefully there's good signs there 
Um, and if there's not, again, we'll be we'll be back on their shoulder. And I'm sure we'll be knocking on their door, trying to get them to to help um, help with the funding side of things, um, let alone the policies. So we'll keep trying. Yes, very much so. Well, thank you for that. And uh, yes, on that <clears throat> at least semi-optimistic note, and uh, we'll continue to network and uh, um, push for the uh, the industries that we've dedicated our lives to. So. Um, Hopefully, we'll be able to make a major contribution to the future of the planet, and we'll we'll keep working on it. And uh, at least as a member of the technical media, which I would distinguish from the uh, news media, we will certainly be doing that. Yeah, thank you, Andy, and um, thank you to all of our panelists and uh, and delegates for joining us today. Um, Alan, I think uh, you sort of threw the gauntlet down there to us as the media, so uh, <laughs> challenge accepted in in a sense. So talking industry actually uh, in its conception was uh, was to sort of get a, a panel discussion group together to discuss some of the most pressing uh, issues of our industry today. So net zero is certainly one of those. Um, and and really our motto is to uh, is to learn, grow, and connect. And through open discussion in this kind of format, we really believe that we can play our part in the industry as the media to accelerate some of the digital transitions um, and uh, and tackle you know some of our greatest issues so with that thank you very much indeed for our panelists uh, we had a really good discussion i think let's keep it running in all kinds of communication means that we have not least our um so again thanks ever so much for everybody and uh, look forward to seeing you next time thank you Thank you for listening to Talking Industry. Stay tuned across all podcast apps, follow us on social, subscribe to our newsletters, and keep up to date at talkingindustry.org.